All right, welcome back, everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, those of you around the world, globally. We want to welcome you back to episode number seven of Between the Stitches with Jared and Ryan. We got a nice episode today. Baseball is starting tomorrow. It's starting finally after the long awaited off season lockout owners. Uh, players, everybody else bickering back and forth. We got baseball that actually means something starting tomorrow. And we have some young guys that are going to be up in the big leagues making an impact right away. Love to see that. We will talk about our picks for the standings in the entire National League as far as the East, Central, and Western divisions. And we will give you our picks for who we believe is going to win the yearly awards. MVP, Cy Young and Rookie of the Year. So thank you guys for tuning in to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Let's get into it. Jared, we are here. We have baseball tomorrow, and also I think I just said phenomenal fan podcasts. So, you know, starting off hot, but either way, part of of the umbrella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a phenomenal fan podcast group, so it's not technically wrong, but it's also just not right. And the fact that I'm not locked in the day before opening day is kind of fucking despicable. So I'll go ahead and apologize as a man. Probably spinning. Well, that too. I'm spinning right now. Yeah, I'm spinning. Uh, yeah, I'm spinning for the uh, the highly anticipated 78 win season that the Padres are about to dive into. Um, super exciting times for for the Padres with uh, their superstar shortstop just on the shelf for three months to start the year. Whatever. That's not the point. The point is, we. Well, actually, it's a decent transition because Tatis, two years ago, three years ago. One of the very first star prospect type of guys that the Padres actually called him up on opening day. He was on the opening day roster, in the lineup, contributing to the team as a rookie. And this year, we don't just have like one or two of those guys. We have like seven dudes that are top 100 guys that are going to be on opening day rosters this year. Um, I'm looking at the top 100 right now, Jared. Bobby Wood Jr., number one overall prospect, Kansas City Royals, uh, middle, you know, shortstop, third baseman, big leagues. Um, third overall prospect, Julio Rodriguez, Seattle Mariners outfielder, big leagues. Spencer Torkelson, fourth overall prospect, corner infielder, big leagues for the Tigers. Um, CJ Abrams, Padres, ninth overall, shortstop, hasn't been officially announced. But the Padres have done all of the sending down that they've needed to do to clear a roster, and C.J. Abrams was not on any of those send downs. So he will probably be on the opening day roster for the Padres. Uh, Hunter Green, 22nd overall prospect for the Cincinnati Reds, right-handed pitcher who throws 152 miles an hour, first overall guy, I think, right? Either way, 
He's in the big leagues. He's top, like top five pick, I think. Yeah, I think he was. He might have been first overall. He was top three, I think. Yeah, he was exactly. So let's see. All of these guys. Second. He's picked second. Second. Overall. Okay. So there you go. You idiot. Point is, all these guys are getting called up on opening day, and that is very cool, in my opinion. Jared, I don't know about you, but I think, honestly, it's kind of fucking about time, if you want me to be honest. Like, I, I was really kind of tired of, I mean, it was actually hard to think about when I was like, what, you know, what did they do before? Like, it sounds like this new collective bargaining didn't really give the owners any benefit in holding a guy down anyways because of the service time that they changed. So I was like, okay, well, they held him down before, but I just couldn't, like, think of all the base all the best guys in the big leagues and be like, when did they get called up? Like, I couldn't even think of it. Like I was thinking about the, yeah. the Padres or the Ash or the fucking, I don't know the Rockies or anybody. I'd be like, Oh, when did like, when did CJ Crone get called up? Like, when did, when did Charlie Blackman get C- called up? You know, like well, CJ Crone, CJ Crone got called up by like the Diamondbacks. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't even remember. No, he, I know. He I, I know. In, he's he been in the, the league back. for 15 years, and he's bounced around. Like twins. Yeah, yeah, last year he, yeah, he's been he, on the he, Angels a couple saying. times. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. He's bounced around. About, uh, it's actually or I'm like actually older Rockies, like a home here. Rockies legends. The only guy I remember of the Rockies that was like highly touted and then made the team and made an impact right away, as you know, is Trevor Story because he got called up on the opening day roster and hit like nine home runs in three games. Like it was like something fucking ridiculous yeah and the rockies announcers just couldn't get off the fucking and the story continues yeah, yeah. they thought they were so they, yeah they thought they were so clever yeah they're like oh like you but you know there were some old ladies that were like rockies fans at home that were old, old baseball fans that were like oh, just oh you know just eating, eating that up. shit up yeah oh yeah yeah like, and i like bucks. i don't even think story was like a top 10 guy though like i think it was kind of like one of the top guys for the rockies and they just didn't have another option at shortstop and they not that they were forced to call him up. I'm sure he was good and they liked him, but I just don't think it was like Bobby Witt Jr., the number one prospect. Do you Julio think, Rodriguez, number three. You know yeah. what I mean? Do you think do you think it's just because the MLB in general and like the team's social media marketing managers are getting better to like produce content like that and make it a big deal to like highlight the players? I think that that's probably what it is. You're I saying think it's like back in the like like I'm saying oh, even oh, in the, in the oh, oh I see what you're years, saying like, yeah yeah they're old like one of their old their old manager didn't think about that as content everything he was posting was you know angels 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 yeah and like if a guy like Bryce Harper came up you know of course everyone knows about him but like they weren't doing a good job of creating content with what they already had yeah I mean by, we like, barely even really knew emphasizing and highlighting yeah like Nolan Arenado for example he got called up in what like 2012 2010 something like that you know. And like, yeah. and like, did Twitter really even exist at the capacity that it does today? Did TikTok exist? Did fucking Instagram Reels exist? Like, of course not. So I get what you're yeah. saying. Like, I don't know if it was like the Just social media better. manager. They're getting better at marketing them for sure. Yeah, I don't think the social media manager at that time. I I don't even know if those positions even barely existed. I'm sure that fucking Rockies were like, hey, make sure we have a Facebook page, and <laughs> like that's it, you yeah. know? Yeah. And now it's like yeah. it's all over the place. And to your point, though, about marketing it, because I think pretty much all these guys have, except for, like, maybe Torkelson and Hunter Green, but a lot of these guys, they are recording the video, like, the live reaction of the player finding out that he's making the 
the team. And I'm like that. Yeah, I've been see- I've been seeing that all over. Like that is such a it's so cool. Like it's so fucking cool to see that. Uh, because like Julio Rodriguez is a great one where he sat down with the manager uh for the for the Mariners and he's like the Mariners manager is like do you think you know you're comfortable enough in center field and blah 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 and he's like yeah 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 and he's like would you be comfortable playing center field in a stadium with like three decks instead of two and he was like well yeah you know and then he was like yeah well I guess it's time to bring whatever the J-Rod show to Seattle and like Julio Rodriguez knows that he's really good everybody can go on the internet and see that he's a number three prospect like he is going to be in the major leagues no matter what at some point in his life. And he knows it. But when he finds out, yeah. he still is it gets like a childlike excitement. It's just really, really cool uh to see that kind of shit. I fucking love it. Um and I wish teams yeah, would do like it a lot that, more uh, often, you know? I like the Cubs guy. You see the, the Cubs in the dugout that figured out in the in the dugout. That was pretty cool. Yeah. And you could just see like he's just taken back by it you know and then everyone kind of comes up and dabs him up and it's like that is cool because that's like i think as like a baseball fan and any any kid i mean you could be a, a girl too but like guys for like for the most part at some point in every one of us you know that played baseball or even like thought about playing baseball was in the backyard you know throwing that ball up you know to yep. themselves like oh base is loaded, you know playing out the scenario bases loaded down by three yeah two outs two strikes yep. you know and like you imagine just like the all those little scenarios so i think it's really cool what they're doing with social media so you can like live vicariously through like that person to see what that moment was like for them so i think they're doing a lot better job of that for sure 100 100 percent. and you have to uh now it's like you're more inclined to root for them you know what i mean because i feel like we watch the guys on tv and we know that they have like personalities and they i mean we see media interviews with them but it's like these big league guys are just grinding day after day after day after day. When at some point or another, those guys that got that same moment where they were like, dude, you're going to the big leagues. And, you know, we talked to, we talked to Kent, we talked to Lucas Gilbreth about it. Like it's, uh, it's like just such a surreal experience that it just sounds like, I just wish they had that for fucking for everybody. I mean, it's just super cool. Um, and it's exciting also not just for like us <laughs> sitting around here selfishly being like, wow, so cool. Like, oh, my heart mm. feels good. Like, actually, these guys are really fucking good at baseball. <laughs> like Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah. Uh, is like Fernando Tatis Jr. almost like maybe as good as him is what some people are saying. So it's like, I mean, unless the, the Royals have Fernando Tatis Jr., why wouldn't he start on opening day anyways? Like that makes perfect sense. Torkelson, Monster, Hunter Green, first round, you know, second round, second overall pick, like you mentioned. Julio Rodriguez, the Mariners need bats and, you know, could certainly use his, his uh, offensive contribution. So it makes sense. Like, it's not like these moves are all for like PR purposes. You know, they're like, well, he's a top guy. We have to call him up at some point. Like, no, these guys have all been tearing it up and they're all top prospects. So it's time for them to come to the big leagues. I mean, that's how it works. And I think it's really cool, um, you know, that they'll be up on opening day. I think is going to be uh, going to be exciting for those guys. Bobby Wood Jr., Spencer Torkelson, Hunter Green, Julio Rodriguez. I mean, I don't think it's very often that you see um, such a flurry of young guys all being called up at the same time. I mean, there was a 
there was a group of prospects two years ago um, that were all the top three guys were all really good with Tatis, uh, Eloy Jimenez, and Vlad Jr. And everyone like was like, oh, all these three guys are good, but they all didn't get called up at the same time. Tatis was the only one who made the opening day roster for his team. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see. I'm excited for it. Um, and hopefully these guys will have some cool moments, you know, like Ch- Trevor Story did. Like we mentioned, I think Story went yard twice in his first game. And then the next day he went yard twice again, I think. So it's like hopefully we see some cool shit and these guys stay healthy and play long careers. And, and uh, yeah, so – uh, on the topic of uh, new guys in the on uh, different locations on opening day, Sean Manaya got traded to the San Diego Padres. Uh, quickly wanted to touch on that because I'm a biased Padres fan, but also uh, I feel like I feel like um, that deal might be interesting, Jared. Sean Manaya to the Padres because. Padres, as contrary to what the rotation actually looked like, they actually needed some help in the in the rotation. Clevenger is not one hundred percent, and he's kind of going to be back on the IL. Blake Snell, uh, is not one hundred percent. He's going to be ramped up to like three or four innings his first couple starts. Uh, Darvish has been okay. Joe Musgrove has been pretty good. Um, and then Chris Paddock's not going to be good enough to be in the rotation. So. That one might be, uh, I don't know. That might be a little uh, interesting trade, but doesn't really do a whole lot, in my opinion. I think the other big one, obviously, AJ Pollock to the White Sox for Kimbrel. That is big trade. Yeah, you kind of. I feel like you could uh, kind of see that one coming though, like because we had already talked about how like great that bullpen was. Like they had so many just and, like, ridiculous there was, pieces. There was so many people. So like AJ Pollock is like. A pretty good, a pretty damn good ad for them, I guess. Like you know, it's a, it's a depth ad for sure, especially with a team that's like, I feel like we've seen them banged up. Like last year, I don't think that they were able to be as good as they, um, they could have been because they got banged up. You know, you got Luis Robert went down, Eloy Jimenez was down for yeah. a while. And um, if anything, it'll give those you know, guys the, you mentioned. You just said Eloy and Luis Robert. It'll give them a day or two per week to just DH, you know, and just throw Pollock yeah. out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's and he's a yeah, very solid player, obviously. Yeah, I thought that trade so, was it was but yeah, Kimbrell. Go ahead. I was gonna say Kimbrell I don't know. I just felt like that trade was kind of like a little bit like uneven though. Like I know the White Sox have all the dudes in the pen, but like, you know, on a zero to hundred scale, for those two guys to go straight up, like I'd rate Kimbrell at like eighty seven, you know, type of bullpen pitcher. And Pollock is like at yeah. seventy eight. You know, like right, like 80, 81. Yeah, it just felt like it was kind <laughs> of. I feel yeah. like it was kind no, of not. Uh, yeah, there balanced. has to been, there had to have been some sort of like financial implications because uh, Ke- Craig Kimbrell is obviously like a pretty high paid player, yeah. so there must have been some sort of like there had to have been some sort of business side of it that were like you really can't see as a fan unless you looked into it. Um, I bet you like because Kimbrell like how, how big is his contract? Um. I don't know. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, shit. By the way, 
by the way, I mean, we love Kimbrell, and he's a well, great pitcher, but he had a bad time on the White Sox last year. Bad. Yeah, no, he was off. He was he was really bad with the White Sox. He came over as he was dominant with the Cubs. Yeah. And then he came over to the White Sox. And he sucked. Yeah. Had a five ERA or something. What? So this point four. Give that he is in thirty nine games pitched or games played with the Cubs. He had a point four nine ERA. And then he came over to the White Sox in 24 games at a 5.0, 5.09. Um, this article I'm reading right now is saying that the White Sox desperately needed a right fielder. I did not know that was the case. Uh, I'm looking through their roster right now. Yeah, that's just not the case. Like, they did not desperately need a right fielder. Their outfielder options go Luis Robert, Adam Angle, before A.J. Pollock, Luis Robert, Adam Angle, Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Larry Garcia, and Eloy Jimenez. That's seven dudes that can play outfield. They did not desperately need A.J. Pollock. Does it help now? Yeah. Because now they'll have Robert, Pollock, and Eloy? Yes, that's better than Robert, Robert, Eloy, and Larry Garcia. But they didn't desperately need uh, a right fielder. Maybe they... He will, he'll, he'll, he'll be a good improvement, though, I feel like. I agree. Like, like a... I agree. He he. Okay, so it couldn't have been too much of the contract though, because Kimbrel and Kimbrel and uh, Pollock are pretty similar as far as but money. I think Paul, like, yeah, I think uh, it looks like uh, Pollock was on a four-year, fifty-five million dollar deal. Kimbrel's three years, forty-three million dollar deal. So it's actually really similar, almost almost identical. Yep. So, um. Yeah, so I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. I'm not sure what the, what the logic was behind it. Yeah, I mean, it's not so, bad but, either but, side. I wouldn't grade either side as like a horrible deal for either side. You know, like it just once again, it once again, it just pisses me off if the Dodgers just get someone cool. Yeah, though. that's more more like, than anything, still dude. Sick. More than anything, that's exactly what it is. I'm like, what the fuck? Because everyone's like, oh, their bullpen sucks now. They have nobody. Like, first of all, we know they lost Kenley, but that's literally it. Like, they have still have Blake Trinan, and fucking Tommy Canley and Daniel Hudson and David Price. Like, they're fine. But then you add Kimberly to that team. I mean, it's that is as close to, like, Monstars fucking Space Jam super team in the major leagues as I've ever seen one. Like, it's Yeah, it's up there. It's kind like, of It's fucked. up there with, like, the old... It, it's just, like, they're just the, the West Coast Yankees, really. That's what yep. it comes down to. The, Yankee, the Yankees have always been like that, too. Like, like... Remember when it was like, I mean, like even like right now, it's like you like Zach Britton's a little bit older, but like there's a while where it was like you just had like three or four guys that were just fucking basically closers, like basically what the White Sox have now yeah. too. But it's good you you can cheer for the White Sox because they haven't done shit in a long time. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's go Sox. Yeah, go Sox. Sox. Jared's a Sox guy now, so it's huge. I'm big Sox guy. Now. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much been the deal for the most part. There's rumors going on right now that the Padres might get Taylor Rogers from the Twins. Um. There's rumors that the Padres are working on some other deals. I don't think they'll get anything else done. I also um. I also doubt. I mean, it sounds like Taylor Rogers thing is more likely than some others, but. Just for everybody listening so far, and this is 100% true, uh, the Padres have been tied to or rumored to inquire on or seriously inquire on this offseason 
Um, Brian Reynolds from the Pirates. Jose Ramirez from uh, from the Guardians. Um, JT Real Muto from the. Uh, Who's talking about? These are all these are all players that Padres reporters have reported that the Padres have at least checked in on if they're available hmm. or seriously inquired about. Like Jose Ramirez was earlier yesterday. There was a report from this guy Hector Gomez that was like Padres are trying really hard to get Jose Ramirez. Uh, they've checked in on Taylor. They're trying hard for Taylor Rogers. They tried really hard for Brian Reynolds. Uh, they almost got Dominic Smith from the Mets. Like so, my point is I'm not super excited. You know. Oh, Kevin AC Padres supporters, as among other uh, things they're working on, the Padres are talking with the Twins about Taylor Rogers. It's unclear uh, everything the deal might involve, blah, blah, blah. So it's like, it probably won't happen. Probably won't fucking happen. So that's it for the trades. Uh, next part on this podcast, we wanted to talk about our division predictions for the National League. We brushed over the American League in our last few episodes, and we were doing one division per show. We're just going to do three. On this episode, I'm gonna just give you our teams straight up how they how we think they're gonna finish. Not gonna dive a whole lot into it. Probably just give you our predictions and then just kind of run through the, the standings and say this is why I think it'll unfold that way. And yada yada yada. So, um, Jared, first division we're gonna go for is the National League. East. So I'm going to go over the projected standings according to fan graphs, and then I'll give you what I think is going to happen. And oddly yeah. enough, they're not that far off, but the fan graphs projections for the National League East has Nationals last, agree. Marlins second to last and fourth, agree. Phillies in third. Probably agree. Mets in second, Braves in first. My National League East standings would go Nationals, Marlins, Phillies, Braves, Mets in that order from fifth to first. So I would go Nationals fifth, Marlins fourth, Phillies third, Braves second, Mets first. I just think the Mets have gotten better. And they have DeGrom and Scherzer, and I don't really care if either of them are hurt. It's still they're gonna perform better. Lindor's yeah, gonna bounce back. That's uh it's a crazy one too, yeah. obviously. Um, I would agree with you know what? I, I'm actually like dead on with exactly what the uh fan graphs. The fan that fan graphs would be as well. Dude, the Phillies are so tempting to want to like, but they just, I know. they just don't have the they just don't have the bullpen. Dude, they just don't have the bullpen. Like they don't have the bullpen. Like the the Braves, I, the Braves bullpen isn't like it's not like out of this world. Is they got Kenley Jansen this year, obviously, but like they're starting their rotations really solid all the way through, and Acuna coming back this year is going to be a big deal. Matt Olson, that's a, that's just a freak team. I'm taking them up top. The, I'm worried about the Mets inability. Like, obviously, they've gotten better. Yes, they do have Scherzer and Degrom. Don't know if Degrom is gonna. You know, I don't know if Degrom is gonna be around all year. I never know. Obviously, he's um, lingering with some sort of shoulder shit yeah, right now again, uh, or whatever it is. So it's always I'm, that's always if he's there. Obviously, he's the best pitcher in baseball. You know, he's oh unhittable. my god, yes. 
Um, and then you have, and then you have Scherzer, which, yeah, he was ridiculously good last year. He's like 37 or 38. I could see him having a slight bit of a, like a decline this year. Sure. I know he's been so good. It's uh, it's hard to say that about him, but like you can kind of tell over the last couple of years, you know, the velocity is starting to go down just a little bit. You know, you're seeing more 93 to 96 out of him. Instead of 96, 95 to, to 99, yeah, 96 to yeah, 95 to 99. So could see him um, kind of having a little bit of a regression for sure. And then, but that's the only reason that I'm putting the Braves above the Mets. Phillies, I think have, I I love their offense right now, and I just I just don't think that that bullpen. I think it's just going to be one of those cases where they're going to be scoring a lot of runs and losing ball games still. Yeah, like we talked um, about last episode too, Jared. Pitching wins ball games, and they have Zach Wheeler. Yep. They have Aaron Nola, and then it's a bunch of fucking nobodies in their rotation, and their bullpen. Uh, so they're going to swing it, right? There's no doubt. With JT Realmuto and Bryce Harper and Nick Castellanos and Kyle Schwarber and fucking everybody else, whoever else, Reese Hoskins, we know they're going to mash the ball, but mashing the ball doesn't matter if you can't fucking pitch. So if they don't pitch, they're not going to win. And I think that's why when I, and when we both put them in third, I, I'm guessing you're the same way. Like when I put them in third place, I'm not putting them in third place, three games under 500. Like they're going to be over 500. They're going to be, yeah, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a pretty good division this year. Exactly. Like there's going to be three teams battling. I just think the Mets come out on top. If Lindor plays even 20% better than he did last year. So Mets, Braves, Phillies, Marlins, Nationals from first to last. Uh, National League Central is a really interesting one, Jared, because a fan projections doesn't have a single team in this division winning more than 90 games. Not one team, which uh, I I can kind of see. I don't I don't I don't disagree with that. I could see some high eighties winners. That's kind of like yeah, and they're good, but they're good they're good teams. So and I could tell you right off the I could tell you right off the top of my head what it's going to be. Yeah. So so Fangraphs has Pirates in last, duh. Reds in fourth. Really? Reds in fourth. Cubs in third. Brewers in second and the Cardinals in first. And it's got the Brewers uh one game behind the Cardinals, 87-75, and the Cardinals 88 and 74. Um I I don't know. I think if I had to give my Nash my pick for the National League Central would go Reds fifth, Pirates fourth, Cubs third, Cardinals second. Brewers first. The Brewers pitching is fucked in the best way possible. Like it is fucked up how good their first three pitchers are in the rotation. They have the National League Cy Young Award winner, Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, who throws no big deal, like 99, and Freddie Peralta, who was a he was probably the first half. National League Cy Young last year. Dominant. Yeah. Very good. Also, their eight, eighth and ninth inning guys are freaks. Correct. You have, you have Josh, Josh Hader and then what's his name? Devin Williams? Devin Williams. Devin, yeah. Devin Williams. Yeah, he's got the nastiest changeup in baseball. Basically. I'm sorry. If you, get, if you give me into the postseason, Jerry, I mean, I know this. we're talking about regular season. You go to the postseason or let's just go three days a week. 
for those three guys that start. There's three games a week. You could literally go Corbin Burns for seven, Williams for two. The next day, you could go Woodruff for seven, Josh Hader for two. And the next day, you could go Freddie Peralta for seven, and then Williams or Hader again for two. Like, they are going to have a lot of games where two pitchers will pitch. A lot of games where they will have two arms pitching. And I don't think there's a single team in baseball that has that at all. And I don't really care if they don't score a lot. They're going to score more. I also think Yelich will bounce back. I think people are like just forgetting that the Milwaukee Brewers have Christian Yelich. Like the guy mashes when he's good. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I like Reds last, Pirates fourth, Cubs third, Cardinals second, Brewers first. Jared. Yeah, I'm going to go. Reds last, yep. Pirates fourth, Cubs third, Brewers second, Cardinals first. Okay. Just swap. I them. like the Cardinal. I think I, I just like the way that the Cardinals played baseball. And I, I was always kind of a little bit of a biased fan. But I think um like Jack Flaherty kind of like got forgotten. He's a potential Cy Young guy, like every year. Like yep. he's a like since he's gotten up, he's a freak. He's really young still. Wainwright's uh, uh kind of like that that old savvy vet that's still going to get it done. Like he doesn't throw crazy hard, but he's going to win ball games because, because he can pitch. I think Steven Matz is going to be like for the Cardinals. It's going to like surprise people because he's, he's been like a, a guy that when you watch him throw, you're like, how is he not like a, like a 13 game winner every year? Seriously. And then he just kind of always like when he was with the Mets, he was just kind of always disappointing. So, but I think like average Matz might have a little, little revive. And then Miles Mikolas as a, as your fourth starter, and then Dakota Hudson, who's obviously kind of like a like a prospect more like he's not really necessarily a prospect, but he hasn't really made his big break yet, right? I guess in the league. Um, and then on in terms of their uh, bullpen, you have um, Giovanni Gallegos, Genesis Cabrera, and Aaron Hicks. So some pretty solid, um, pretty solid bullpen guys, but then. Their lineup is what I actually like more than actually I like their lineup more than the Brewers. Really? You got so yeah, so you have Nolan Arenado, Paul DeYoung, Tyler O'Neill, Harrison Bader, Dylan Carlson, who we talked about is gonna make a, a big splash this year, we think. Uh they got Corey Dickerson, Tommy Edmund, Paul Goldschmidt, and Yachty. And Yachty, I can't believe Yachty's still in the league, but he's still really good defensively and can kind of get it done hitting but like not really but goldschmidt still just one of those guys that hasn't really produced that mvp caliber year but still really solid arenado if he doesn't win an mvp at some point in his career it's going to be disappointing which he might not ever but he's like he he's put up some ridiculous years obviously he just never put up like the I don't know. I feel like actually it, it's kind of surprising. Maybe he needed a higher average or something. I think that Nolan Arenado's had better years than Chris Bryant's MVP year, for sure. Oh, 100%. 100%. So, so, but he played so, at Coors Field, Paul, Jared. Paul, he played at yeah. Coors. And then they have, uh, obviously, like Tyler O'Neill's got like like crazy pop. Dude, Tyler O'Neill last fucking, year was a fucking monster. He smashed yeah, the well, ball last year. 
what did he do last year? He had 286 with 34 home runs. Dude, yeah. Last year in a 912, 912 OPS. Dude, that is. Yeah, Carlson. Yeah, that's solid. Carlson actually played like a almost a full season, but 18 home runs, 65 RBIs, 270s twitch hitter. Like young guy only gonna too. improve. Yeah, really. Yeah. Um, kind of like low key. Like I've always loved Corey Dickerson. I feel like Corey Dick- Dickerson's always mashed, and no, he's never found a home. Lefty, lefty so. bat, little guy, just has pop. Yeah, uh, Paul DeYoung has pop, but we'll get pretty worried about his strikeout. So he's not. I don't think he's like the. I don't know. I'm kind of surprised he's still the starting shortstop. But they have that. They have that prospect coming up, right? What's his name? Uh, well, they Sosa. Have, oh, Edmundo Sosa. What prospect still? I think yeah, he was he up a bunch him. last year. So, but yeah. Yeah, he was. He was up quite a bit. But in, anyway, I just like that team. I think Tommy Edmonds kind of a, a classic like Cardinals like scrappy player. I mean, none of the none of them are like crazy. Like none of like the like their smaller names are like crazy good, but like it's just the same. Those Cardinals have always been able to play baseball. I think they win the division, even though the Brewers are going to be right there with them. I think it's going to be one of those times at the end of the year, your original race, and you're counting at the end. Of, you're watching scoreboards yeah. and counting at the end of the year. So yeah, that's I'd say that's my that's my picks. I, yeah, it's not bad. Um, and yeah, this next one's obviously chalk with the NLS. <laughs> uh, it's it absolutely is. chalk, and and I think the Diamondbacks are obviously falling into fifth. I think the Rockies surprisingly have made enough good moves that they won't get fifth in this division. Okay, so okay, so 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 first of all, here's my here's my thing with the Rockies. People are gonna shit on them, right? And not that you should, but they shit on the front office for the decisions the front office has made to a certain extent. But Fangraphs has Rockies in last, D-backs in fourth, Giants third, Padres second. Dodgers first they also have the Dodgers winning 93 games this year and that is disgustingly low the Dodgers are going to win at least 103 games this year if not more uh they're also not putting in and uh accounting for in their calculations that the Padres consistently and repeatedly choke on their own spit and underperform the projections that are given to them. I think they should do the projections normal and then just subtract four wins. I mean, I think that's pretty reasonable. The Giants are the opposite, where the Giants usually exceed expectations. So I think the opposite should happen with the Giants. Take their projections, add four wins to it. The D-backs are going to be bad this year. They're going to be really bad. The Rockies, in my opinion, if they can throw the ball even a little bit on the mound, which is hard to do at Coors Field, I get it. But the Rockies' offensive lineup right now is better than the San Diego Padres' offensive lineup right now. Like, the Rockies' opening day lineup is better than the Padres' opening day lineup. If you go position by position, Jared, maybe not even position, like, specific – but the three outfielders for the Padres right now, right now, Jerickson Profar, Trent Grisham, Will Myers. For the Rockies, Randall Gritchick, Charlie Blackman, and who else? Chris Bryant will probably be tossed up. Let me see. 
Who do the who do they for have our, for, the, for our outfielder? Yeah, who would they, they have? Uh, Randall Gritchick, Charlie Blackman. They have uh, uh, Sam Hilliard. Dude, Sam Hilliard is like Sam. good. Like he's like a good player. He hit, he he hit two fifteen with fourteen home runs. But he's good. Like That's he can true. run. He can. But he only, but, he only, but check this out. Check this he out. Played he only nothing. played eighty one. Yeah, played exactly. Games exactly. And so, half so of those were pinch hits. Double that dude. up. But, dude, so you you're talking about like a twenty five home run guy. 70 RBIs potentially, but the, the average is something to be. If you look, listen, about, but if, who, care, who knows? If you look at if you look at Jared, they're they're outfield. Let's just say it's it's even. Let's just say it's an even distribution with Profar, Grisham, and Myers, and the Rockies rolling out Randall Grichik, Charlie Blackman, and let's just say Garrett Hampson or Sam Hilliard. Right? Let's call that even because I think Gr- Grichik's the best mm-hmm. of any of those guys that I just listed. I think Blackman and Myers are about the same. And I think Profar and Hilliard or whoever would probably be about the same. So let's just say it's even. Okay. You go to the infield, Jared. The Padres' best infielder right now is Manny Machado. And the Rockies' best uh, infielder at third base is Chris Bryant. So Chris Bryant's better than not, – not, not better. They're probably the same. Maybe. Machado might be a smidge better. Let's just give Machado the edge for argument's sake. Shortstop? Jose Iglesias or Ha Sung Kim? I'm taking Jose Iglesias. You go to second base, Ryan McMahon or Jake Cronenworth? I probably take Cronenworth, but that's a toss up. McMahon smashed the ball last year and he just got a huge extension. McMahon hit yeah. hit 30, 23 home runs. Like, and Cronenworth, they were like almost the same. And then you go to first base, and that's where the drop off is huge. CJ Crone had a monster year last year, and uh, Hosmer had a horrible year. And so, twenty eight home runs for Crone, two eighty one, nine oh five OPS versus Hosmer's fucking seven twenty OPS. And then catching, I don't know, is probably the same. I mean, whoever the Rockies have at catcher, I don't even know. Uh, Elias Diaz, Elias. yeah. So my point is, he, he who actually surprisingly. Hit 250 with 18 home runs last year. Like, that's not bad. Just not that bad. bad. Catcher, dude, I feel like catchers, like, I don't know why catchers, like, like kind of historically are, like, Just not can't, can't that hit. great at offense. Yeah. I don't, I don't get it. They see pitches all day. Like, you'd <laughs> yeah. think they'd be the best hitter, right? Yeah, I don't know. Like, you get to watch it come in, and, like, don't you think that their recognition would be the best? I And they're, like, yeah. I, uh, understanding of what a pitcher's trying to do would be the best? I feel like catchers should be the best hitters. Yeah, maybe I don't know, but but yeah, no, I I the, re- I the, I the reason I went off on that the rant is because of, the Rockies have a bunch of seven seventy eight to eighty eighty one. Now we'll give Chris Bryant like a eighty. What what's what's Diamond start at in MLB the show? Eighty five. Can you be like an eighty five? Yeah, we'll give Chris Bryant like an eighty seven Diamond. He's our best player. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But CJ Crone was probably an eighty four Gold. He's like on the cusp after last year. Yeah. But like he's just not a big enough marketed name where they they just won't give it to him. Yet. Right. Yeah. I mean, the reason have I to hit 39 home runs this year. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason I even went on the rant to make my point was the Rockies might surprise some people this year. And that's what I was getting at. I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't think they'll get second place, but maybe, <laughs> I mean, fuck, I don't know if I had to give, okay. My national league West predictions I would go Dodgers in first, Giants in second, Padres third, Rockies fourth, D-backs fifth. I think it goes exactly how it did last year. 
I think so. Dodgers, Giants, Padres, Rockies, D-backs. I don't think the Giants are going to be winning 107 games. Uh, I think they're going to win more like 84, 87. And I think the Padres win 79 to 83 games. And the Rockies win 73 to 75 games. And the D-backs win like 62 games. So. Yeah, you know, it's uh, I think obviously the Dodgers win it this year. I just think that the team that it's like we've talked about a million times, it's a super team again. Um, you know what? I got a weird, got a weird feeling the Padres are going to be better than you think. I don't, but so yeah, I'm gonna take I'm taking I'm, I'm taking the Padres in second this year. I'm taking them to 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 perform better and the Giants to have a slight regression from last year, even though they're always really good. So I'm gonna go Dodgers, Padres, Giants, which is disrespectful to the Giants, but they did lose Chris Bryant and Kevin Gosman. They did. And Buster Posey. And I think that the Padres, yeah, Buster Posey. I think the Padres' pitching staff was ridiculously underperforming last year. Horrible for how good it should have been. Horrible. So I think the Padres, Padres swing up this year. Tatis comes back and still has a monster year, even though he's a little bit fucked up. I'm taking, and then obviously I'm taking the uh, the Rockies in fourth, and the putrid ass D backs down there in the bottom. Yep, hundred um, percent. I'm going to flip the Giants, and but I think once again this is a situation where I think it's going to be Dodgers run away with the division, and then Padres and Giants are kind of clamoring back and forth, and one of the teams is going to get hot and go on like a 14 game winning streak or something. They're yep. going to win 15 out of 16. And it's going to make them, you know, an 87 game winner. And the other team's going to be two wins behind. Yep. I think that's how the, this division plays out. Love it. Love it. All right. Um, okay. So that's our predictions for those divisions. Um, moving on to the awards, Jared. Yes. National League, American League, MVP, Cy Young, and Rookie of Zayi. Okay. Starting right. off, Jared, in, let's just go straight down. Let's go, actually, let's go Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, and then MVP. How about that? Okay. All right. Rookie, AL, of, the year, AL rookie of the Year, American League, AL Rookie of the Year. Who you got? Spencer Torkelson. Okay. Torkelson. Torkelson hit 30 home runs last year in his first year in the minor leagues. He's going to come up for Detroit as an opening day guy. He's going to get a ton of at-bats this year. He's going he's gonna to hit, you know, probably 265 with 35 jacks for the Tigers, 90, 98 RBIs, some, something crazy like that. And the, it, he's going to win the rookie of the year. Yep. The league. Over, your, over your boy. Who you can go ahead and say? Yeah, I mean, my pick for the American League Rookie of the Year is super chalk, but Bobby Wood Jr. I mean, I I realistically think Bobby Wood Jr. um could hit 35 home runs this year, um, and finish with a over 900 OPS in his rookie season. I mean, he's that good. Will he? Probably not. But I think even if he is comparable stats to Torkelson, the fact that he plays the premier position at shortstop will give him enough to win Rookie of the Year. That's just me, though. Um, 
National League Rookie of the Year. It's all speculation. National League Rookie of the Year, Jared. I think we have the same guy, but go ahead. Who's your National League Rookie of the Year? I'm taking Seiya Suzuki. Yep. For the Cubs. My reasoning behind that is he's already played a professional. He's already played like high, high level professional baseball. And, and he's destroyed it. And we've seen guys from Japan be able to come over here and play in the big leagues. So like, you know, um, you Darvish, like when Ichiro came over, he won. Seiya Suzuki hit, I think like in 400 some at bats last year, I want to say in Japan for the, for Hiroshima. What are they called? The Hiroshima? I don't know. It's the Hiroshima cart. Um, Hiro. I don't know. I don't, I just, they're, they're called Hiroshima. I don't know. They have a little thing. Oh yeah. It's the Hiroshima Toyo carp. It is the carp. That's an amazing, oh, yeah. amazing team, by the way. But I, he, for them last year in like 400 at bats, he hit like 38 home runs with almost a hundred RBIs. So like in comparison, that's about 65 to 60, 65 to 70% of the at bats that Vlad jr. Got in the big leagues last year. Granted, he's going to be facing premier pitching in the U in the United States and the MLB. I still think that those numbers come over here and they translate and who knows, I think it's either going to be a surprise where he hits 45 jacks or maybe a slight regression at 600 bats, but he still hits close to 30. Yeah. I think it's hard to take that away. And, and he's, like I said, he's got experience at the highest level over there. And I think he's, he's ready for the bigs. Yeah. I think the NL rookie of the year is easy pick just because not that there's not good uh, other good rookies, but Suzuki's not a rookie. Like he is obviously, but he's not. So he's gonna come over. Yeah. He's a four-year big league veteran. Similar, you know what I mean. So it's like yeah, similar to the, similar to the Ichiro situation. Right. right. Like Ichiro came over like, his first Ichiro year. Came over. He Ichiro came over his first year in the MLB and won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same season. So it's like he was obviously yeah. not a rookie, right? He was clearly you know coming up and ready to go. So Suzuki's gonna yeah. be the same way, and yeah, I think he even regresses a little bit but his regression is still going to be more than enough to win. Like he's going to finish with 20, you know, 26 home runs, 85 RBIs, 272 with a 845 OPS. And that's going to be more than enough to win NL rookie of the year. Like easy. So check, so no ch problem. So check this out in Her for Hiroshima last year in 435 at bats. He hit 38 home runs, 88 RBIs. 1073 OPS. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. So like yeah, so like and so like I'm just saying like I'm at like 200 more at bats. Think about how crazy that year is. And I'm not saying like he's going to be able to do that to big league pitching, but I do think like if you look at his numbers too, he doesn't strike out a ton. Yep. Struck out. He struck out. Struck out uh It looks like he struck out 89 times. He struck out 89 times last year in 439 at-bats. It's like 110 strikeout, 150 or 120 strikeout season, maybe. Yeah, it's not the worst. That's 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 not shit. Yeah. Not not for a power header. Yeah, but I agree. Yeah, I, I think that's a I think that's kind of a chalk pick, but I, I like it. Yeah. A lot. Um moving on to the pitching awards. American League Cy Young Award winner, Jared. Who you got? Garrett Cole. Yep. And Garrett Cole, I you know why Garrett Cole's the Cy Young winner? 
is because there's not that many other options behind him that correct. I love. Correct. Correct. You have like you have like a Shane Bieber. Jose Barrios is like a top five guy in terms of like betting odds. So like when I look at that, when I looked at the list of betting odds, I was like, okay, like it's it's fucking Garrett Cole. And I when he went to the Yankees, he started giving. He obviously I think he, he gave up a bunch of home runs, you know, but like. He went to the Yankees and like was still really good. I think he just gets back to being like ultra dominant this year. Oh yeah, and he went and just out of that field, he's gonna win the Cy Young. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean he um he got second in Cy Young last year. The only reason he got second is because Robbie Ray had a freak season, and Robbie Ray is not gonna do that again. And Garrett Cole has done it repeatedly. Garrett Cole has five top five Cy Young finishes. He's never won one. He's gonna win it. That's, that's kind of a shame. That's kind of a damn shame that Garrett Cole hasn't won a Cy Young. Like he, yeah, he deserves it. He should. It's like it's um, like it's like Vlad. It's like Vlad not getting MVP last year because of Shohei. Right. Right. That's, um, that's a shame. But yeah, yeah I mean, I like in, in, who do you, is that who you have? I have Garrett Cole winning the American League Cy Young as well. Um, looking at Jared, uh, the. 2019 season, by the way, Garrett Cole like should have won the Cy Young very easily, in my Who opinion. Won it? Did Verlander win it? Verlander went 21 and six with a 2.58 ERA, 223 innings, uh, with 300 punchouts on the nose. Garrett Cole had 20 and five with a 2.5 ERA, better ERA, nine less innings, and he had 26 more strikeouts, and he had a higher ERA plus. Um, his whip was a little bit higher because he's walked a few more. I don't know. I, I don't like that very much. But, yeah, my uh, pick for American League Cy Young is Garrett Cole. I think it's pretty much the easiest pick also. But it's the smartest pick because picking anybody else is a more of a long shot and taking a risk on a guy like Robbie Ray who had one good season as opposed to a track record of absolute dominance for the Astros. Um I think Garrett Cole is a good pick. I think it's a smart pick. And, um, yeah, that's my pick for American League yeah. Cy Young. Like National it. League Cy Young, Jared, right. who do you got? I'm taking a Walker Bueller this year. Love because, it. Because, let's go real quick and look at some baseball futures. The guys that are in that list, and in, in the list, like a uh, – you know, you have Corbin Burns, obviously, like, who knows? He could repeat. He's fucking disgusting. Like I said, I think Max Scherzer, he's the odds favorite. Can have a slight regression this year. And then Walker Buehler is the third guy on there on, yep. on the betting list. I think Walker Buehler has yet, like, he's put together some really good seasons, but I think he's got such a good team this year that if he just dominates, he's going to win, like, 24 games. Like, he's just got to go out there and pitch – 75 like 75 percent up to his potential yeah and he'll win 20 games yeah he's, he's that good he throws 98 miles per hour he commands the zone has good pitches i felt like walker bueller last year when i watched him he was getting like a really high pitch count early he was throwing like 100 pitches in five innings and that that was problematic i think if he could like be like in the zone kind of get some early like get some easy outs you know jam job ground balls being like like such a punch out and like he you know it's hard to remember how young he is because how good he is but it's like if he can pitch to contact slightly more 
if that makes sense, rather than just trying to throw like the perfect slider out of the zone every time, which I think is like easy to do when you're young because when he's he's like you gotta think he was at Vanderbilt like not that long ago. Yeah. Like what 2016, 17? Probably Van- yeah, Vanderbilt. Like what whatever, but it, but it's like it's like you you throw that slider to a big leaguer and you can spit on it and you're so used to he hasn't quite got to the point where he's willing to let batters put the ball in play and get to the eighth inning like consistently. So I'm taking Walker Buehler as my NL so now. Who do you got? My pick for American League or uh, my pick for National League Cy Young is Zach Wheeler. I like that. That's a good pick. Zach Wheeler. Let me let me let me prep. Let me let me start with this, Jared. Could you name me? I mean, you're going to know one of the answers. Could you name me the top five in Major League Baseball last year in war? Wins above replacement. For pitchers? All of baseball. Um, let's see. Who's number one? So Shohei Atani. Sho- Shohei had to have been number Shohei's one. Shohei's one. Vlad. Vlad Jr. Vlad is six. Had to. Oh, really? Yep. Um. Who else had a really good? If if Vlad's six, then like what was like what was like Harper? Harper was tied for nineteenth with a five point nine WAR. Vlad wow. Jr. had a six point eight WAR. Anyone? Anyone? The MVP. Yep. Then no, I probably can't. I probably can't read it to you. So Shohei Otani, uh, let me go from five to one. We know Otani's one. Fifth place in WAR last year in baseball. Juan Soto had a seven WAR, seven even. Fourth place in WAR. Marcus Simeon had a seven point one. Third place, Carlos Correa, seven point two, and the second highest WAR. In baseball last year was Zach Wheeler with a 7.8. Second highest wow. war in the big leagues. And I don't know. Uh, he finished second in Cy Young he last lead? year. He led the league led in innings league pitched and in strikeouts. Innings pitch, right? Yeah. Innings pitch, strikeouts, and complete games and complete game shutouts. Last year. Wow. And he had ten and a half, ten and a half strikeouts per nine, which is fucked. He had a two point seven eight ERA, which is fucked. And the only reason he didn't win Cy Young last year is because um, Corbin Burns had also a completely fucked year. And even though I think Wheeler should have won it, but that's just me personally. I mean, yeah. Wheeler had a seven point eight yeah. WAR, and Corbin Burns had a five point six WAR. That's two full wins as a pitcher. That's um. That's crazy. But I think Wheeler, man, is only trending upward. And he finally last better, year. Better team. Yep, better team. And I think last year he finally, like, put it all together. Like, he finally pitched a full season on a good team, uh, you know, in a spot that he enjoyed. And he fucking shoved last year, dude. Shoved it. And I think he's going to do it again. And the Phillies got better. So my pick for NL Cy Young is yeah, Zach Wheeler. That, that's you, you know, he really he really could have won it last year. He should have. He, I mean, yeah, Corbin Burns had a little bit lower at ERA, but Corbin was 11-5. I know that. But, like, 
he almost pitched he pitched like like six like 50 some innings more yeah yep like almost 50 50 innings more than corbin burns that's yeah. like i know like if you do do the math you know that's what he also had six i mean you know, the, basically six six complete games if you were to throw all nine innings yeah wheeler wheeler's only thing is that he doesn't he doesn't strike out maybe as much as he could or should have um yeah that's a i guess if you're if you're talking about strikeouts per nine yeah uh burns led with 12.6 yeah fuck load yeah so i mean i think zach wheeler is going to put it put everything together this year and he's going to win uh my national league Cy Young. so the last two awards jared national league most valuable player who do you got i got mookie bats this year yeah I, I first of all i fucking love mookie Betts, and he won the mvp in boston and really if he if he plays the whole year if, the, if he doesn't get injured he's going to be playing on the best probably the best team in baseball obviously that we talked about they're going to win their division they're going to win 105 games and if he can produce and that be like the top producer in that lineup and like it's not just it's not just like for with Mookie Betts it's not just all about like obviously he has freak numbers it seems like every year but it just feels like he he's just the guy you want up you know what I mean he's the guy that like you have so much confidence that he's gonna he's gonna put a double in the gap and it might not be a crazy home run every he's gonna put a double in the gap or he's gonna fucking throw a guy out from the warning He's like an all-around, like, five-tool super player for the best team. And I think that, like, he's got a good chance of winning it. I know that a lot of people are probably pretty high on, like, Juan Soto again. But I think Mookie Betts, for the best team in baseball, wins the MVP. Okay. It's a good pick. I don't mind yes. it. Um, I'm going with one of his teammates. And my pick for National League Cy Young is not... Freddie Freeman. It's not Cody Ballinger, even though that would be stupid. But my pick for National League MVP is Trey Turner. I like that. I think last Hard. year he can steal bases. Last year he led the league in hits, batting average, total bases. He had a 911 OPS. He had a 146 OPS plus. He led the league in stolen bases with 32. And he hit 28 home runs last year, which is by far a career high. But now he's on a team where yeah. wherever he hits in the lineup, probably top four, somewhere in the top four, leadoff, second, third, fourth, probably the first three more than anything. He's going to have a combination of Mookie Betts or Freddie Freeman or Cody Bellinger or Max Muncy protecting him in that lineup. And... I mean, it's fucked. Like, it's completely fucked, that lineup. And I think while these expectations and all these other guys are going to get pitched so difficultly, I think Trey Turner, is he's also a, a big contact guy. Like, he just doesn't strike out mm -hmm. that much. Um, mm -hmm. And, he, dude, he just gets on base like, a, like crazy. 375 on base last year. It's a great on-base percentage. 2020 had a 394 on-base percentage. So my pick is Trey Turner because I think if he gets the 30 home runs – and he finishes with over 30 bags and he hits over 315. How do you not give the MVP to a guy that goes 30 30 and hits over 315? 
how do you not give that guy the MVP? Like, I don't care if there's other guys yeah. that hit 40, 45. Trey Turner's going to get MVP. If he goes 30-30 next year, he will win MVP, 100%. So that's my pick for National League uh, National League MVP, Trey Turner. Yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a, that's a strong pick. I mean, you can't go against that. And, like, I really do agree that stolen bases are, like, that's, like, one of those hidden things. Yeah. It's, like, it's one of those hidden things that really, it's, like, the whipped cream. It's actually, you know, it's more like the cherry on top of the whipped cream. Yep. Like, do you, I'd say defense. Defense ends up being, like, the whipped cream. Yeah. So oh, like, and that's like the other on, thing, like, by the know, way. Down, he like, can play. Down there, the, the, he's going to play shortstop yeah, for, like the, the, for the Dodgers in L.A. on a super team. Yeah. Like, dude, give me a break. The mean... The meat and the potatoes of the of the of it are like home runs, RBIs, average, and then you put some sprinkle the defense on, and then stolen bases the cherry on top, and that's like the five tools basically. Yeah, and he's gonna and that, yeah like, somebody that can do that, and he yeah he's gonna that's finish the year thing. next year with a full fucking Oreo McFlurry milkshake with a pile of whipped cream and a nice fresh maraschino cherry on top, and they're gonna go holy shit, this guy's the best thing that's ever happened, MVP. Um, Sounds great. Not to mention, by the way, he's gonna hit. Mm, probably about 15 home runs off the Padres next year because he murders the Padres. I think it, he's hitting like almost 450 against the Padres in his career. Mostly because, you know why, Jared? Trey Turner was formerly property of the Padres and we traded him for Will Myers. So that worked out really well. Last pick, Jared. American League most valuable player. Who you got? It almost seems like it's going to be impossible to win if your name's not Shohei Otani. Mm-hmm. Because the of the definition of 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 the award, mm-hmm. it's the most valuable player in the league. So it's like, how the fuck are you not the most valuable player if you're hitting 40 home runs and being an offensive? It's, like, it's not like he's like a 23 home run. He's like a legitimate beast hitter that's going to hit 35 plus jacks again. And then he's gonna strike out 170 batters on the on the mound, 12 games, and it's like that's that's not even a fucking on the menu. If we're talking about dessert, the cherry, the cherry on top of the whipped cream, that's not even on the menu. So, it's in my mind, it's just impossible to beat Shohei if he can if he stays healthy. I don't care if your name's fucking Mike Trout, or if Mike Trout and Albert Pujols had a baby with with Pete Rose you're not going to be able to beat Shohei because he can pitch. Yeah. I mean, it's a great pick. It makes a lot of sense. I don't have anything against it. I am simply not picking him just kind of for argument's sake. Um, And this is also a guy that I'm really high on. I really, really like this guy. My pick for American League MVP is Luis Robert on the White Sox. I don't think he's going to win MVP, but I'm just not picking Shohei and Mike Trout, who are the top two odds guys. And they're good players, well, and I about- think they'll probably win. But Luis Robert, in my opinion, is probably the third, when he's healthy, the third best pick for MVP because he absolutely flies. Um, yeah. He plays great as premium position in center field. And by the way, he absolutely rinses balls into the sh- fucking street repeatedly, repeatedly. Um, his projections are yeah. kind of low, Luis, which is not dope. Luis Robert. I think you're. I think Luis Robert wins an MVP in his career. Just not this. But year. I don't think it's this year. I, I don't think it's this year. Yeah, 
That's fair. I think I think if Vlad if Vlad Jr. if Vlad if there's anyone that could come in second place, it's Mike Trout and Vlad are going to be fighting for second if Shohei does his thing on the mound. Yeah. But who knows? But who knows? You know what? Shohei might have a fucking regression year as a hitter. You know? That's the one thing. Shohei might just like I I don't I, obviously we didn't see it and like every time that you watch it was must see TV. Yep. But like Shohei could Shohei could have a fucking horrible year hitting and that could take him out of MVP contention right away. Yeah. But it's like when you hit 40 home runs, but if he hits like 175 or some shit, you know, and 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 hits 19 home runs and like is struggling, like slumps if the MLB figures him how to pitch him out, which seemingly was impossible last year because he would turn on a 98 mile per hour fastball with a long swing and somehow fucking hit it into the yeah. top top deck. But like if he has a regression, the door actually is wide open. I agree. So. I agree. Um and I, I'm not a hundred percent on that Luis Robert pick. I just didn't want to go chalky with Trout or Otani, which is not the end of the world. It's like those are the those are the probably the best picks. I just really like Luis Robert. Um and he's also, by the way, twenty four years old. Like he's a child. Um and I think he's just he's also one of the very few guys in baseball that is a 30-30 capable guy. I think he's very easily very easily could hit 30 home runs. I think stolen bases might be a little bit more challenging for him, but he still flies. So again, it's like what if you have Otani, right? He pulls back a little bit. He regresses a little bit. Otani finishes with like 39 home runs. In like 80 RBIs or 85 RBIs, pitches and throws it like a three seven, like a little bit worse. And then you got Luis Robert who goes 30 30. I mean, fuck. I again, how do you not give a 30 30 guy MVP? Because you know that means yeah. he's playing good defense. You know that means he's contributing. You know that means he's getting on base. So I don't know. I love Luis Robert, but probably won't be him. <laughs> I don't know. It's just hard. Otani's a fucking freak, dude. God damn it. It's just, it's just like, like, what are you even? You can't do anything. You know, it's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like a category. Yeah. It's almost like, it's almost like if we get guys that come up, like if Hunter Green would have kept hitting and been like a good hitter, in the third, like both ways, through 98 and hit jacks. It's like almost like if that became like a modern day base that like, 20 years down the road yeah. they would have to be like a, like a dual threat position yeah i don't know because it because it is it's like tough it's tough yeah. to justify anything else yeah but yeah that'll do it well cool. that's our picks jared opening day is tomorrow super exciting we'll officially have like shit to talk about on the show and not just like projections and and predictions and assumptions and trades and all this other bullshit um so it's really exciting i'm pumped to get this show fired up and going we got everything picked out we have everything on record now so if anything crazy like this happens or we get all of our predictions right we can go back and quote it and then become rich and famous so i mean that's exactly that's all we want to do is is just uh rich and famous right no <laughs> No, what we want is to give you guys good talk, good content. Hopefully, we did with this episode. Um, to recap the awards quickly, I had Bobby Wood Jr., American League Rookie of the Year, 
I had Seiya Suzuki, National League Rookie of the Year, Garrett Cole, AL Cy Young, Zach Wheeler, NL Cy Young, Luis Robert, AL MVP, Trey Turner, National League MVP. Jared had Spencer Torkelson, American League Rookie of the Year, Seiya Suzuki, National League Rookie of the Year, Garrett Cole, American League Cy Young, Walker Buehler, National League Cy Young, Shohei Otani, American League MVP, and Mookie Betts, National League MVP. So... Thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We greatly appreciate the support. Check us out on all of our social media and go to our website right now and check us out on Patreon. We have a Patreon page that we just put up like today and it's going to give you guys access to exclusive content. Uh, going to give you guys the ability to request topics for us to cover on this show and the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. It's going to give you, uh, you know, depending on the tier, you can vote on what we talk about access and discounts to merchandise that we will be releasing and all kinds of other shit. So go check us out on Patreon. Um, get a chance to talk to us directly if you want. If you don't want to, you don't have to, but we got a Patreon. So thank you guys for tuning into this episode. We will catch you guys the next time. We'll be next week and we'll have a full weekend of baseball under our belts. So thank you guys for tuning in and we will catch you guys Let's on the go. next episode. Cheers and boo.